This is The House Call. Welcome to another episode of The House Call Podcast. We're looking forward to week nine. We're going to be giving you all of our picks, Nick and I's picks for this week's games. We're really excited about a couple of them. We think that there's going to be some couple of upsets this week. I know I have a couple I'm listening and watching out for right now. But before we roll into the picks, let's talk about some news that's hit the NFL landscape right now. It looks like the Commanders and and Snyder are looking at the possibility of selling that team. The Snyder family has uh, procured the services of uh, a a banking, a financial institution to possibly look at the um, landscape of what selling that team would look like. A couple hours later, though, it turns out from an anonymous source that ESPN has reported upon that the FBI is now looking into Snyder's finances. Now, this is a source. This has not been, uh, there's no, you know, sort of investigative stuff going on right now. No uh, charges have been brought forth. So it's just purely speculative that maybe some wrongdoing may have been there. It's an investigative thing that they're looking at. Uh, the lawyers who represent the Snyder family and the uh, the Washington commanders come out and said, you know, we're sure that the FBI is going to find the same thing the team did when they did their internal review of the finances. And that was nothing. Everything's on the up and up. And this is going to be, you know, over before you know it but it's still a just long drawn out story with a couple new chapters now that is the snyder involvement and how the washington commander's front office has handled all these different allegations and stuff for several years and it has just been one thing after another and i can speak for all of us when i say especially commander fans when i say that the the last piece of this that we ever have to hear about can't come soon enough but Nick, what do you think? Do you, do you have anything to say on the commander situation? I mean, I know I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Snyder family. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of it too. I don't know a whole lot of, of, of what's going on, but it's, uh, I, it seems I like kinda, every month it's back though. Every it, month it, they have to bring it up. I, it seems like there's going to be a lot more to come to the story within the next maybe month or so. Yeah. Hopefully it wraps up soon. I'm really done with it, but that's the that's the big news right now that's hit the NFL landscape just today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and roll into some games now for uh, predictions and stuff like that. We're going to start with a Thursday night matchup, and it's looking like it's going to be one-sided. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. It's Eagles versus the Houston Texans. I think that we both can say for sure we're picking the Eagles in this game. It's not even going to be close. This is going to be – Amazon has drawn the short stick – on games this year it's either been completely ugly for both teams or complete blowouts by one and they even it's just not even close all right amazon i don't know who picked these games or how you decided you're winning thursday night football but i apologize on for the fan base and the nfl should send you some more money and apologize to you for ever giving you these games because they've been god awful almost every single week but moving on let's look at a uh, early day game this game's going to be tough for me in my household because my wife's a Colts fan. I'm a Patriots fan. No matter who wins, I lose. So let's go ahead and get into it. Nick, who you got in this game? Uh, I have I have the pa- pa- Patriots win in. Um, I think it'll be an ugly ugly offensive game by both sides of the both sides, and I think the Patriots will come out. Yeah, and everyone, anyone who out there who thinks Matt Patricia is not a good offensive coordinator. 
is going to love what I'm about to say here. Essentially, if you're on that bandwagon, he's not a good offensive coordinator. Don't worry. The Colts don't have one either. They just fired their guy on, on, on Tuesday. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so it's going to be a battle of two offenses with second year quarterbacks who aren't really performing that well with no offensive coordinator on either side of the, li- of, uh, the sideline. So it's going to be interesting to see how that game turns out. I think, we're, like I said, we're both on the Patriots here. I don't know. But that Colts defense, it can show up. We saw it last year, and I'm hoping not to repeat that. I can't do two years in a row. I need to get back on top and at least have something to, to sleep on the couch with. <laughs> but let's keep going here. We got the Chargers and the Falcons. Now, the Chargers, you know, they're they're coming off of a bye week. I think that that bodes very poorly for Atlanta. But, Nick, what do you got in this game? Uh, so I was a little torn between this game, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I just think after going into overtime against the against the Panthers that uh, the, the Falcons, the, their defense didn't look good enough against the, the Panthers. And I think this is the game where the Chargers will actually uh, put it together, put it all together on offense. I think so, too. I think that. You know, Atlanta can put up points, and I think the Chargers' defense hasn't really played that well. If Corderell Patterson was playing this week, I would be higher on the Falcons than I am. I just don't know if they have enough. Uh, The really big thing is is that it looks like Keenan Allen may not be available in this game as well because he's had some setbacks with his hamstring. We don't know if he's going to be available, but I still think the Chargers have enough on offense to possibly right the ship here in what has been kind of an up-and-down season and no one really suspected it. I mean, that whole division outside of the Chiefs, and even the Chiefs, excuse me, even the Chiefs sometimes haven't looked, have looked human uh, compared to what we thought they would be. And and I kind of attribute that to the loss of Tyreek Hill, but we'll get to the Chiefs here in a little bit. Um, so we're both on the Chargers here. I actually flip-flop on this one a little bit. I was like, oh, do I want to take the Falcons? Do I want to dark horse this one? I, I couldn't yeah. bring myself to do it. So we'll keep this moving on. We'll look at the next game, another noon. This one's going to be on CBS. It's the Dolphins versus the Bears. The Bears, of course, were active at the trade deadline. They sent Robert Quinn and uh, uh, Roquan Smith. They're out of town, and then they bring Chase Claypool in. And honestly, I said it in our Tuesday segment that, you know, Chase Claypool is exactly what an athletic quarterback who's not very accurate needs. You need a guy who's got a large catch radius, and that's Chase Claypool all day. I think that, you know, it's a good acquisition. I actually – thought that, you know, the Bears won that trade. They graded him at a D-plus. I think they won that trade. Unfortunately, it's still not enough to beat the Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins here all day. What about you, Nick? Same, yep. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. Um, I, I, I do want to see Justin Fields just continue that performance that he's doing on offense. I've seen, uh, what, two weeks in a row he's, he's done a little bit better. So hopefully with the addition of Claypool, he, he – continues that and uh we can see some improvement on the offense from the Bears side so we can uh maybe choose them have and have some more faith in them in the coming weeks yeah i mean there's definitely some matchups i see them being able to win even with the exodus that they have on the defensive side of the ball i mean they still have to face the lions at least one more time this year and if that offense starts to click who look who knows you know we might have uh two of the most exciting or one of the most exciting games for last place in a division that we've ever seen you know who, probably one of those things but I mean, just for a little clarification, earlier in the year, they really weren't lit, weren't uh, were not letting Justin Fields throw the football. The last three weeks, he's thrown for over 20 times, and two of those three weeks, he only he completed every all but six passes, and he's been averaging about 20 plus points in fantasy the last three weeks. So, 
Justin Fields is slowly but surely becoming a really good quarterback. And I think I saw a ranking today of uh, the that quarterback class, and Justin Fields for a redraft is now the number one overall is the number one overall quarterback in that class right now, based on the performances they're seeing. So they've seen a lot of growth in Justin Fields that they haven't seen in some of the other quarterbacks that come out of there. So Bears fans, you know, it might not look good now, but uh, your future may be brighter than you think with Justin Fields under center. We'll go ahead and move on to another noon game. This one's going to be over on Fox. It's a team we talked about earlier with the Falcons, and it's the Panthers going up against the Bengals, who are coming off a Monday night game that they want to forget. I think we all want to forget that. Me as a fantasy football guy, I had Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd on every team that I have active in, in every league, right? One of the two or two of them or you know any, any of the three, I've had them active, and every single one of them underwhelmed for me this week. And I just don't – Jamar Chase is not – the loss of Jamar Chase is not the reason. It's that offensive line. But do you think the Bears or, – or the Panthers, excuse me, have anything for the Bengals this week? Uh, I think the Panthers will will make it a close game, but I think that the, the Bengals will figure out a way to win this one. So I, I have the Bengals winning this week, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if, if the Panthers stay pretty, pretty close. So I, I went back and forth on this game. I'm not going to lie, right? I, I, I kept thinking about it. I was like, who who do I want to pick for this game? And you know what? I, I couldn't get that Monday night performance out of my head. I like the Panthers, man. I think P.J. Walker, D.J. Moore, um, Deontay Foreman showed up. And I don't know. I mean, the Browns were nothing special. You cannot tell me that Jacoby Brissett is better than P.J. Walker. I think P.J. Walker's got a more athletic arm. I think he's got more athleticism overall as a quarterback. And, you know, he doesn't have – he's got D.J. Moore, who at this point in his career, I'd say is probably better than Amari Cooper. So I I actually like the Panthers in this game. I think they're going to show up, and that defense they have isn't bad. If Joe Burrow's offensive line is still having these problems, Brian Burns is still in – Carolina. I mean, they didn't trade him and they didn't trade him for a reason. So I'm rolling with the Panthers here. I'm taking the upset. I told you upsets were coming. This is one of my upsets this week. I think the Panthers, based on what I saw, they can do it. And it's sad to say that, you know, if they had won against the Falcons in overtime, which it shouldn't have went to overtime. We discussed that as well in in yesterday's episode. They are leading the division at three and five, which is God awful. But I mean, Either way, I still think with P.J. Walker under center that that's a better team, and that's sad to say considering the fact there's two first-round draft pick quarterbacks that are sitting on the bench right now or on IR who probably are never playing for the Panthers again, in all honesty. But let's move on to another game, another game that I really uh, – it pains me to not to, – to, for this pick, all right? I wanted to pick against it so bad. I wanted to keep this going. It's the Packers versus the Lions. Nick, I'll let you start because I am just disappointed in myself that I, I didn't I didn't put it down. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. So I I, I ended up picking the Packers this week, and uh, I know that they're losing, coming off losing four straight, but I just think that their run game and they're going to control the ball a little bit more than the Lions with the run game, and Rodgers will make the timely throws that he needs to this week. I don't think it's going to be pretty by any means for the Packers, but uh, I'm just I'm just not confident in the in the Lions right now with some of the trades they've done and how they've been performing on offense as of lately. Um, I just I, I just wouldn't be able to pick them. Yeah, I I wanted to so bad, and then I just looked at that Dolphins game, and I'm like, 
they should have won that game. The defense let them down again. And all I can see is, is, you know, the Lions are going to lead in this game. And they're going to be in a point where I said, man, I, I'm going to look, look at the score of that game and go, man, I should have chose the Lions. I knew I should have picked the Lions. And then I'm going to, like, not look at it till it's over and the Packers are going to win by three. That's just how I feel about it. I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game. But then again, at the same time, like, the Packers can't put up points. I think they've topped 20 points one time this year and the rest of the time, or t- maybe twice, and that's it, right? They did it against the Bears, and they did it against the Patriots, and they had to go to overtime to do it. So, I mean, I don't feel confident in the in the Packers being able to throw up 30 points, but I feel like the Lions could, and that's kind of how I feel about it because I don't think the Packers' defense is that good. I mean, they just did hold the Bills coming out of a bye week to 27 points. But I kind of feel like the Bills cruise a little bit on that, right? Like, it got yeah, close at I the think, end, but I feel like I the, think the Lions were, might were letting yeah. off the gas a lot. Yeah, and I feel like the Lions will not. And, and I might change this later, but as of right now, as much as I hate it, I pick the Packers. I don't want to. I might change it later, just out of spite. <laughs> well, let's keep this moving. We got an AFC East matchup. Bills versus Jets, another noon game. This one going on at CBS. Uh, the Jets coming off of losing another game to the Patriots, 13 in a row. Zach Wilson is making mistakes that a second-year quarterback is not supposed to make. You're supposed to grow out of those things. Dan Orlovsky, I know you and I both followed Dan Orlovsky a lot. Uh, he was quoted as saying, you know, you need to grow the fudge up. It's time. It's time to stop, you know, having the ego and, and, and all these things and just play the game the way a responsible person plays the game. Unfortunately, I don't care how responsible he is with that football this week. I don't think the Jets have anything for the Bills. And uh, I'm with the Bills all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm right I'm right there with you. Um, I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I think once Brees Hall went down, all the focus now is on Zach Wilson, and he has to, he has to kind of play like he's – Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, and he, he's not in that category. And they're uh, he's gonna he's gonna have some a turnover a bad turnover day again. Yeah, I really see that happening. Like I said, Tre'Davious White got uh, got activated off IR. He's you know being signed on the active roster. It looks like he may or may not play this game. Even if he doesn't play, I think Neem Hines uh, the trade the Bills did for Neem Hines is probably the the most underrated trade of this trade deadline because the bills have a running back now. Like people don't understand how good Neem Hines is. I like Neem Hines reminds me a lot of Tony Pollard. I wouldn't say he's as good as Tony Pollard. He's not as shifty as Tony Pollard, but he's got, or he, I mean, he's not got the size quite that Tony Pollard's got, but all the things that Tony Pollard does, Neem Hines can do. All right. He's a solid running back. He can catch the ball. He's shifty in space. And every time that they haven't had a running back, it's been Neem Hines. Or Marlon Mack and Neem Himes was is still there because they valued him more than Marlon Mack, which tells you everything you need to know about Naheem Himes. And I think the Bills finally have that piece that I've been clamoring for for so long to support Josh Allen because you, you need to get him a running back, and now you got one. You got a bona fide running back, and I, I if you have Neem Himes in fantasy football. He's about to be legit. He's no longer a flex play. He's about to be RB2. Like, solid RB2. Start him every week. It's coming. I, I don't see how it does. If it if he does not perform like that, 
the Bills aren't using him correctly, and I don't think they could ever get a running back that they could use correctly because Neem Hines is, is an every down back in that offense. You put him out there first, second, and third down because you don't know if they're going to run it, throw it. It doesn't matter. I mean, and then you throw in a little RPO action or a little you know quarterback you know option in there. With, do you think? Uh, do you think he'll be starting right away? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I I don't think I don't see I don't see how if he comes in and he picks up the offense right, which he's got plenty of time to do. How does he not beat out Singletary? He's definitely beaten out uh, Cooks because Cooks is oh, a rookie definitely. and he hasn't shown anything anything there. And Zach Moss is in Indy now because they 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 swap running backs. What I, what I what I see them doing is having him in a, a situational like just as this week third down back situational back this week and then and then eventually in a few yeah. weeks he'll t- he'll take it over. But um, I think yeah I think he's a great great pickup for the Bills yeah. and. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see him playing. You're gonna see Devin Singletary in short yardage and goal line situations, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be it's literally gonna be the Neem Hines show the rest of the way. But let's keep moving here. We gotta get we got a lot more games to look at. We got a lot more matchups to pick, and I got at least one more upset in me for these picks this week. But the next game we got another noon game. This one's on Fox. It's the battle of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Washington Commanders. I know Ernesto is losing his mind. He probably is picking the Commanders for this game. He's probably the only one of us who's picking the Commanders for this game because he is riding the Taylor Heineke train all the way to the end of the season. I don't think he cares anymore. And honestly, I can't blame him because that offense looks a lot better with Taylor Heineke under center than it does with Carson Wentz because honestly, that Colts game, if Carson Wentz was under center, they don't win. That's how I feel about it. But who do you got in this game? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the Minnesota Vi- Minnesota Vikings. I think that with the addition of Hawkinson, I think we're gonna see a great great offensive day for them. Um, I don't see the Commanders stopping them uh, run, the run game or the pass game. So unless Kirk Cousins makes like two to three bad plays with interceptions, I don't see the Commanders uh, keeping it close. Really, I mean, it is Kirk Cousins, so him making bad plays is definitely it's an option. You're right. It's, it's possible. It's, yeah, it's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I agree with you. I think the Vikings had this in the bag. I don't see how that offense can't be productive. There's no way. I mean, you have all the tools you need. You got a really good number two wide receiver in Adam Thielen. You have Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook. That is a killer skill position, right? Yep. The only thing that they have, they need to work out is that defense needs to, to step its game up because if that defense starts playing out of its mind, look out. Eagles look out NFL because the Vikings may be for real. Honestly, their weakest link happens to be under center. And that's what we've been saying for, for years with Kirk cousins. So we're going to see, but for this game, yeah, I think it's, I think Kirk cousins, as long as he's facing a team he's played for before, he's going to try to show out. So this is a Kirk cousins game to, to, to go off. Now we have a game of two teams that I don't know how to describe. You have one team on one side who is all the skill and talent you could possibly want on offense, right? You got one of the best slot receivers in the game. You got one of the best tight ends in the game. You got one of the best wide receivers in the game. You have a running back who, according to PFS or PFF, is the number one graded running back in the league right now. And he's probably a top five running back, if not top 10, in fantasy. 
and that's the Oakland Raiders. Plus, that defense looked like it was going to be out of its mind. None of that has materialized. They just got blown out by the Saints, and now they're going up against a Jaguars team that no one really had high expectations for coming into the year. Then they came out, they beat the Colts, they started playing out of their mind, and now they've lost, like, what, six straight? Yeah, six straight games. So you have one team that's two and five, one's two and six. Neither, I think the only one that's really playing up to the, the expectations of what we thought is the Jaguars. The Raiders, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how you don't score a point. You didn't even get Daniel Carlson in a situation close enough to where he could kick a field goal Yeah. last week against the Saints, all right? I, I'm taking the Jaguars here. I am. I, I I I don't trust that Josh McDaniels and that offense can figure it out. And it turns out that the Jaguars do have some pretty they got some studs on the defensive side of that football. I think they're just gonna get after them. Yeah, so this is this is a game I've been I've been going back and forth on. Um the Raiders are so so unpredictable and inconsistent on offense, so we're either going to get the 150 rushing yards from Josh Jacobs and 100 receiving yards from Devontae Adams, or we're going to get one reception and last week and like 20 and not and not even 20 rushing yards for Josh Jacobs. Um, I do have the Ra- I did choose the Raiders this week, uh, but I, I I really wouldn't be shocked to see the Jaguars win because I do think they have a good defense and they're and they have and they're playing at home. Um, but I just think I. I don't know why. I just think that Devontae Adams is gonna is gonna have his a great week this week, and uh, Josh McDaniels he knows he has to put up some points. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, the two wins that that Josh McDaniels is able to get saved his job, and and I believe that completely. I think that he was really close to being back on the market and probably being an OC somewhere for someone who needs an offensive coordinator. It would not have surprised me if he ended up in Indianapolis if he got fired from (laughs) if he had gotten fired earlier right but i just like you said i don't know what the raiders are going to give me and it's like i've been waiting for what i thought the raiders would be and the only thing that's more of a disappointment in that division is how the broncos look (laughs) and but somehow the broncos have won more games so i don't i don't even know how i can say the broncos are a bigger disappointment than than the raiders i i just want to throw them both in the same dumpster fire because they've kind of lit one together uh we'll, we'll keep moving on here to a game that at the beginning of the year, neither one of us would have thought the records of these two teams would be what they are. We would have thought they'd been flopped. One is five and three, the other is three and five. It's the battle of the West Coast Birds, Seahawks, Cardinals. Who do you got, Nick? So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Geno Smith train right here because I think that the Seahawks offense is uh, the way they're playing is just amazing. They got the offensive rookie of the year, Kenneth Walker. I don't think anyone's playing better than him as a rookie. And then uh, Geno Smith is just putting the ball er- it, like in perfect position every time he's throwing it. So for the folks you said had written you off maybe, what do you say to them? Yeah, they wrote me off. I ain't right back though. So it's it's kind of crazy to see him playing this like this. So if he, every week I think that maybe maybe he's going to slow down. But now I'm on the train where, you know, I think he's going to be one of, one of the uh, candidates for – comeback player of the year and I think the Seahawks will will win this game and I just uh, I want the Cardinals to do well and I like them a lot but their offense is just not it's just not smooth right now so they ha- they have a few holes that they need to figure out whether it's the offensive line and or and then just continuing their drives but 
Uh, I'm just not sold on the Cardinals. Yeah, the Chandler Jones trade they did earlier in the year and let him go to, uh, I believe it was the Raiders, uh, He that transformed that defense. I think that Chandler Jones and having J.J. Watt, you know, either side of the football, we saw in week one, I, mean, I don't think anyone thought the way the Titans had played the year before that the Cardinals would come in there and do what they did to Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, and they absolutely dominated them with that tandem. I mean, Chandler Jones had like three sacks in the first half, and now that's not there anymore. And if that defense isn't solid, I don't think the offense gets enough opportunities However, I'm 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 torn, right? I'm really torn here because I, I think that the the Cardinals they just got D Hop back, you know? And D Hop is performing like D Hop. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest problems they had was they didn't have that guy that, you know, when when uh Kyler Murray is rolling out he wants to he wants to throw to i mean it's the same way with lamar and mark andrews is the same way that it was with you know mahomes and hill d hop and kyler murray that's his guy when things don't go right he's going to d hop and now he's got him and as much as i like the seahawks i saw a giants team that struggled to put up points keep them pretty pretty close and granted i like the giants defense a lot i think they have one of the best defenses in the league and if they if their offense can put up more points, they probably have a solid chance of winning that game. But I'm going with the Cardinals this week. I think the addition of D Hop, Rondell Moore is getting more involved. He's healthy now. I just I don't I think it's too much. Ty, Ty, Tyler Lockett did drop a wide open touchdown last week against the Giants. That would have made it a little bit I, wider, significantly but. worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think the Cardinals got this one. Um, but the Seahawks, it it's one of those games. I would not be surprised if the Cardinals lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win. But I'm going to take, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Arizona on this one here. So we'll keep going. And this is another game. Oh God, I don't know what it is. This is a 3:25 game on CBS. It's a game that a lot of us last year had pegged as the NFC Championship game uh, early on, and it just never materialized. And now both of these teams look a little disjointed and I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them make the playoffs this year. We have the Rams and the Buccaneers. Nick, who you got? Oh man. So seems like both, both front offices don't know what they're doing. Both, both offenses don't know what they're doing. Um, I'm going to have to pick the Buccaneers here. I think that they just have a little bit more firepower and I trust their, their defense a little bit more than the, the, the Rams defense right now. Uh, so I think that Brady he'll have a he'll have a decent day. Um, I don't think Fournette will have the great the greatest on the the run game, but I think the Bucks will just do enough to to pull up to pull up the, pull up the win this week. I feel the same way. I, there's just too much star power on that offense for it not to perform. And I mean, you have Chris Godwin, you have Mike Evans, you have Leonard Fournette. You know, you have everything you possibly need on offense, and it just doesn't make sense. It, it reminds me of the Raiders. They remind me of the Raiders. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Brady's not playing bad. They're just not winning games. Mike Evans is dropping wide open touchdowns, like, and wide open passes all the time. And it doesn't make sense to me. That defense has the, they, the, they the have pieces a top, to be. Yeah, top 10 defense. And and they're they're not able to, to win games. And I just don't understand it. And the yeah. Rams, they're in a tough spot right now. Cooper Cup is hurt. Now, we're not guaranteeing that he's going to – He's not going to play. It sounds like he is going to play through the ankle injury that he has. But how effective is he going to be? And realistically, 
he's the only offense they have. That's that's it. They don't have anybody else. I mean, they said they, they sat down their their best running back in Cam Akers, which now Sean McVay said they're trying to work through some stuff with him. So it sounds like he may be back in the fold. And I think the only reason they're saying that is because, well, he didn't get traded. <laughs> no one wanted him for probably with the price what the Rams were asking for. And so now there's like, we have no choice but to try to work things out with him. And I, I just think that it's just turmoil. Like you said, the front office don't know what they're doing. The offenses look completely lost. It looks like, you know, Matthew Stafford said, oh, I want a ring. So I'll just, you know, cash it in. And Tom Brady is playing out of his mind. He's still putting up good numbers. It's just for some odd reason, they can't win games. But I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Bucks here. I just, there are some games. This has been bad football so often this year with so many teams that should not be playing bad football. Kind of, this this game kind of seems like a must win for both teams. It really does. It yeah. really is. Because honestly, the Rams, if they don't start winning football games, they're done. Mm-hmm. And and they're done in a bad way because the 49ers and the Seahawks, I don't see them. I don't see the Seahawks slowing down. I, I think that they may lose a couple more games, but you're still talking your two games back of the Seahawks. And you're also having a problem here where the 49ers – they're dangerous. They, the 49ers are probably the, the, you know, you could argue that they are the best or, you know, really right there at the top with the Eagles because Jimmy yeah. G is playing out, is playing, you know, he's playing mistake free football. Christian McCaffrey is throwing, running, and catching touchdowns. Brennan Ayuk is more than enough at right receiver for them right now, and they don't even have Debo. So when they get Debo back, it's even worse. For everyone else. So if the Rams lose this game, I feel like they're actually in a worse spot than the Bucks are. Because right now, if the Bucks lose this game, they're still only two games back in the Falcons who are probably going to lose this week. Yeah. Which means they're only a game back in the Falcons, which means you can just sit there and wait. And eventually, the Falcons are going to have to, you know, just start winning some games too. And that division is terrible. So the pressure is more on the Rams, I would say. Than it is on the than it is on the Bucks because if the Rams don't win some games, you're not making the playoffs. Like it's not happening. You're not going. You're not even going to go get a wild card spot because two of them are taken up by the NFC East. And hell, like I said, three of them by the end of the year may end up being taken up by the NFC East. We're gonna wait and see, but we'll go to Sunday Night Football, and this is a game that, like I said, looks like it would have been really good. Before the Titans traded AJ Brown in the offseason, <laughs> right? You got the Titans and the Chiefs Sunday Night Football on NBC. Who you got, Nick? Uh, so is do we know if is is Malik Willis starting for the Titans again? So he started last week due to Ryan Tannehill having an illness. I do not think okay, that's so happening this week. It's going to be Tannehill under center. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I still have the Chiefs win in. I think that I think the Chiefs, uh, their defense is kind of kind of meant to stop the run game, so they're gonna have to they're gonna make Tannehill pass all game, and uh, if if they're if the Chiefs if the Chiefs are up a few touchdowns, even mul- multiple touchdowns, the Titans aren't built to to come back. They just don't have those offensive weapons like they they used to. So they kind of have to hope that Derrick Henry does go off for 150 r- rushing yards, and they dominate the time of possession. And, and limit Mahomes to a few more possessions by doing that. But I just don't see that happening. 
I don't either. I mean, your problem that they're having right now is it, I'm just going to say it. The Titans are the the worst five and two team in the league. There there are teams who are are you know five and three, four and four who I think are better than what the Titans are right now. They're five and two because they have an easy schedule. All right, and they have a crap division. They're 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 playing in. The Jaguars are not good. We've already said that. The Colts, they just fired their offensive coordinator and they're starting a second-year quarterback over Matt Ryan, and they still can't get an offensive going. An offense going. And Jonathan Taylor is probably not going to finish top ten running back this year. They're not good. The Houston Texans are definitely not good. I mean, they should have traded Brandon Cooks. They didn't, and now he's sending cryptic tweets that no one knows about, and who knows what's going on there. But they should have gotten rid of Brandon Cooks for whatever they could have got for him. And they didn't do it. And so the Titans are essentially guaranteed at this point, the way it's looking, six wins just there alone. And they're already at five. So, I mean, (laughs) they could easily finish 11 and six and win that division because they've already won a couple some of them games. So it would not surprise me, but they are the worst five and two team in the league. And there's no way the the Titans win this game. I just, the Chiefs are going to demolish them and... There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But let's go ahead and get to the Monday night game. I know you and I talked about this before we started recording. It's a big game. I think that, you know, this game's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I know that a decent majority of people are picking the Ravens to win this game. But we got the Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints. Who you got, Nick? Uh, so uh, I think this is one of my upsets of the week. I got I got the Saints win in this game. Um I know that the Ravens just got Rokon Smith and uh, they what they got Deshaun Jackson a few weeks ago. We'll see if he's finally playing, play, get some playing time this week. But um, I still just don't believe in in the in the offense. They their their run game is kind of sporadic. They're just relying on Lamar Jackson to have an MVP type type game every single game, and he can't keep those he can't keep that up. So. Uh, I think that the Saints, their defense is is underrated. They have a great defense, and uh, Andy Dalton will con- is is quietly, consistently uh, leading these Saints to to wins. I mean, I hundred percent agree with everything you said. The injury bug hit the Ravens hard, and I do like the 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 Roquan Smith acquisition. You know, he's a great linebacker, and but the problem is is that your front seven was not the problem in Baltimore. Right, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, he, they, with Roquan Smith and everyone else coming back, they got they can start throwing more pressure at the quarterback." It does not matter. You have the equivalent of a bucket with no bottom trying to catch water for defensive backs right now. Okay, that has been your problem. Your offensive side of the football, you have no one at wide receiver. That has been your problem. This is a team that I had penciled in for getting a receiver along with the Green Bay Packers, and they just didn't do it. They were like, "Hey, we want Ray Lewis 2.0. That's who we want." That's the guy that's going to help us win football games. No, it's not. I mean, I like it, but it's not what you needed. You didn't get yourself a wide receiver. You didn't get yourself a guy who can consistently win one-on-ones for Lamar. And you didn't get yourself anybody who can solidify your your secondary. So your, your problems are still there, but now your front seven looks a little better. All right? It's like it's like putting a diamond on top of a turd. It doesn't make it, uh, you know, a $3,000 turd. It just makes it a turd with a diamond in it. You know, it you've... It, fixes nothing that your problem is. And like you said, they're relying on Lamar too much. As far as the Saints go, Kamara is healthy. I think that that offense is quietly 
cleared up points, and we discussed it on the last ep- on the previous episode. We think that the Saints have the best chance to win that that division. I know right now the Falcons are leading it, but the Saints right now, with Andy Dalton under center, the way he's playing playing football, mistake free football, the way Taysom Hill is performing, the way Alvin Kamara is performing, and the way that defense is playing. The Saints are dangerous in that division, and I think this is one they could steal from Baltimore, and it just adds to what is going on in the AFC North right now. I mean, if they're not careful, if Deshaun Watson comes back and they're within like reaching distance, Deshaun Watson might take the Browns to the AFC North title. He might win that division because honestly, if they if the if the Ravens don't get healthy and Bengals don't figure out their offensive line, it would not surprise me to see the Browns right up there. And if the Browns win, I think the Browns are on a bye this week. And so they'll come out of their bye. And if the Ravens lose, the Browns won their bye right there. (laughs) So the Ravens, this is another pressure game, 100% that I believe in. This is a pressure game for the Ravens. It's a must win almost because you have to get some separation in that division. And right now I just don't see a team that's going to do it. And the Saints, I think they're in control of their destiny, which is exactly where they want to be. And they're starting to figure it out in a time where you're not really sure what the NFC looks like. And we could be looking at the Saints being the four seed by the time the playoffs roll around if, if uh, everything holds true. Yeah, I, I would have really liked to see the Ravens, you know, maybe trade for a guy like uh, Chase Claypool. Um I think he would have. I think he would have been great with Lamar Jackson. I mean, I still think he'll be great with Justin Fields, but I think he would have been a little bit better on the Ravens. And uh, that's like the type of wide receiver that the Ravens are missing. They have all these like little speed guys who can run past you, but they seem to all get tweaked. Little tweak here, little tweak there, and they're missing one or two two games, and they're not performing like they should. And uh, he needs a guy out there that he can just trust. That's going to be out there week to week that he can throw the ball to. That's not Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, that was supposed to be Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt, you know, and, and then it was, it looked like maybe Duvernay could fill that role a little bit. But the problem is, is that if everyone you have on your team can just run straight really fast, that's not a, that's not a plan of success in the NFL because uh, everyone's fast. Everyone can run straight really fast. It's people who can change direction. It's short area quickness that you need. And right now they don't have it. I mean, I thought Brandon Cooks in a Ravens uniform would have made all the difference and they could have absolutely and it would have been better for them to get him over Roquan's over Roquan Smith and I believe that 100% so I mean they made the wrong trade and I'm not going to get into into the trade deadline stuff we covered that already but I mean there's there are some upsets this week and we've covered a lot of these, these games and it would not surprise me if we have another you know, a couple of people going 10 and two in the uh, house call podcast this week, or, you know, 12 and two, 12 and five, 12 and three, whatever it was that caught a four way tie for second right now. So, <laughs> yeah. but either way, this has been the house call podcast. Give us some comments down there. If you like our picks, put your picks in the comments below. We'll go ahead and, you know, make comments back and we'll reply with, with our audience. We'd love to know what you guys think on the games, what you guys think on, on our takes and anything like that. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, We're on Spotify. If you can't watch the videos or you're on the go, you like to listen to podcasts, all the audio from the video you've just seen today or this video right now 
is on Spotify. You can listen to it there. We got sponsors. We have merch. I'll put the links right down below real quick so you can see that. Sorry, I didn't have them up earlier. But we got Society6.com, the House Call podcast. That's that link going by there. That's where all of our merch is. We got hoodies. We got shirts. We got cups. Whatever you name it, we got it. You want to rep the squad, that's where you go to do it. We got even got our House, house Bet segments. Got some merch on there, too. Go check it out. Get some stuff. You'll love everything they got there for us. Another one we got is the liquid IV code. Nick, I know that you and I, we love our hydration. We love our liquid IV. I know I love the guava flavor. Nick, do you got a favorite flavor? Uh, I'm right there with you with the, uh, with the guava, actually. The guava is so good. It's not overpowering. It it's six, one, one packet of liquid IV, guava flavor, whatever flavor you guys choose. Like I said, I do guava. Add it to a 16-ounce cup of water. I like it on ice. Chills it out. Makes it a little more drinkable for me. I really like it. Three times the electrolytes, more hydration. You can use the code that's scrolling below to get 20% off and free shipping on your first order. And I'm telling you, you'll love it. Anything you do outside, anytime you're getting a sweat, have Liquid IV by your side. I know I do, but I'm Joe. That's Nick. That's Nick (laughs) over there. And this has been the House Call Podcast signing off. Last weekend, we had Jake Paul take on Anderson Silva on October 29th in Arizona. Jake Paul won by unanimous decision, and it was a close fight. Honestly, 